Hi guys, we're your hosts Jillian and Kaylin, and this is Teach Me How to Adult, a podcast on all the things you never learned growing up, like how to buy a home, manage stress, crush your love life, land your dream job, and how to love yourself more, because we could all be a little kinder to ourselves. We're still figuring out how to get our shit together, so we're calling in the experts and the hustlers for some real talk and legit tips on how to live your best life. Adulting isn't easy, but we got you. Hi, friends. Welcome to this week's Quickie, our super fast take on all the adulting things that matter to you. Today, we're diving into something that is a hot topic right now and something we're all trying to figure out. How to navigate renting versus buying a home in this crazy ass housing market that we're in right now. It is crazy. It's nuts. And we both have different experiences with this. Jill owns her loft and I rent my home. So we have lots to talk about for each of these options. But first off, we're going to start by touching on how insane the real estate market is in Canada right now, whether you're renting or buying and how you can navigate it either way. So whether you're moving out into a rental for the first time or just thinking about taking the plunge and actually buying real estate, there is a lot to consider that can help you make that decision. So if you live in Vancouver, Toronto, and interestingly enough, Hamilton, congratulations, you are in the least <laughs> affordable housing markets in North America, according to Oxford Economics. Yes, these cities actually beat out NYC and LA, so we will be moving there promptly. Yeah, bye. Literally, why not? <laughs> And as of May, the average Canadian house price rose 38% year over year compared to last May. But keep in mind that these rates do change a shit ton depending on your province and your city. So these are just the national averages. And if you're listening and you don't live in Canada, a lot of these rates and these stats are not going to apply to you. But a lot of the information on just how to make the choices, how to pursue homeownership are still going to be really relevant. Totally. And just to give you some more perspective and some crazy stats, the average home price in the greater Toronto area is $1.1 million. <laughs> like, Jesus. Average. What is happening? That's the average home price versus Barrie, which is 728000 And they're still like in a, they're rising right now. Yeah. Like a lot of people are flocking to Barrie. Totally. And in Montreal, it's almost 500000 Calgary is 445000 and Halifax is 468000 So location definitely matters. And Canadian house prices and home sales actually hit records in March. But the good news is, if you are in the market to buy, they have fallen every month since. So, you know, not bad. And experts are suspecting that prices are going to keep lowering as we get back to normal and, you know, creep out of this pandemic that we're in. And then renting is also pretty crazy. So a one-bedroom condo in Toronto right now will set you back about $1,800 on average per month, and then $2,100 if you're in Vancouver. And a two-bedroom condo is about $2,500 in Toronto and $2,800 in Vancouver. So it ain't cheap, but we yeah. make it work. Yeah, <laughs> and then you just compare like what your mortgage will be and what rent will be and you figure, figure out, out what's what best for you. Yeah. And rentals have come down. So since the pandemic, the demand for ground floor, larger sized homes with backyards and nearby open spaces yeah. has skyrocketed. And people have been opting for larger places in the suburbs versus downtown core, which totally makes sense. I know Kaylin was itching to get out of like her big high rise condo where sure you're like, sharing the elevator <laughs> with like 100 people. It's too much. It was a bit much. So all of this may sound really daunting and Straight up it is, but this is also a really good time to find an amazing place that works for you because if you're looking to rent, you have the upper hand right now since we are in a renter's market. And if you're financing, interest rates are really low despite the spike in housing costs. So it can actually make owning a home more affordable for you right now if you get in the right spot and the right time and if that's the right decision for you. 
Totally. And if you're a Gen Z, there's even more hope for you. A recent survey found that the share of Gen Zs who will be homeowners in 15 years will probably be bigger than the share of millennials who currently own their homes. So it seems like Gen Zs are kind of on track for higher level of homeownerships because the inventory crisis that we're currently having that is preventing people our age from buying homes yep. is expected to resolve itself in the next decade. So that's great. So there is hope for you, Gen Zs. You go, Gen Zs. You go, Gen Zs. Nice to be you. <laughs> So if you are evaluating whether you should buy or rent right now and you are in the position to do either of those things, here are some things that you should be considering. So start by examining your goals, your values, and your finances. So for example, if your goal is to settle down and start a family, owning a home might be more top of mind. Whereas if your ultimate goal is to take a year off and travel, you might want to stick to renting. Which like I could go for that. Yeah, that sounds pretty damn good. (laughs) I'm down. And if you've been saving up and it makes sense financially to invest in a home this is a solid way to buy into the housing market and just benefit from those gains but if your job situation is a bit unstable or you're unsure of the steps and you just are not ready the flexibility of renting and just keeping your money a little bit more liquid might be better for you right now yeah it does come down to your values and what matters to you for some people like owning a home if you're a digital nomad it's never going to matter to you really it's true you have other priorities whereas for other people like having a stable house that is your own and that's like a long-term investment for the next 10 to 15 years that's the number one thing yeah totally up to you and what your needs are But one thing to consider financially as you're figuring out what you can afford is the standard guideline for spending on your shelter should be 30% of your gross household income. So just calculate what your monthly rent would be, what your monthly mortgage would be, and then aim to be spending no more than a third of your income, whichever route you go. Yeah, good call. Another key thing to consider is the neighborhood that you're looking at. So whether you're renting or buying, it's super key to like your dream area. So you're going to want to check out that area at different hours of the day and the night to see what the traffic levels are like and the noise levels are like, because it can be completely different night and day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's also great to ask about the neighbors so you can make sure you're not, you know, moving beside a frat house or you've got like party animals beside you. That's just not what you want yeah or like if you're living above a restaurant you know like you wouldn't really necessarily know in the morning that that's going to be a shit show at night yeah so that's a really good call I did not check mine out in different hours and even the lighting differences throughout the day which way you face the lighting is smart you don't know what what it's going to look like oh yeah yeah I checked mine out like the bright of day and was like this is great and now I'm like I after 5 p.m live in a cave (laughs) no a cave I am caveman boy but yeah once you have figured out your financial priorities your budget your location needs then you can decide between a house or a condo and I mean it's almost laughable as a young person to talk about buying a home in Toronto right now because you would have to be a multimillionaire, and that seems just like something that maybe I'll get to do when I'm 90 perfect to realistically for the amount that we pay to buy a condo here we could legitimately get two houses in Stratford Ontario which is the home of Justin Bieber. So a worthy place to live. (laughs) So the fact that we both value location and being in a major city above all else just means you're sacrificing a certain type of home. Yeah. Whereas if you are super happy living in suburbs in a outskirt city, you can probably afford a lot more. So it all comes down to your priority list and then you go from there and figure out house, condo, loft, townhome, etc. The options are endless well they're actually not they're they're, they're not. quite limited like, there's like five <laughs> there's like five yeah <laughs> the next thing you're going to want to do is have a killer team in place because these decisions are no joke like this is a lot of your disposable 
not disposable income, a lot of your savings, 30% yeah. is, is significant. Yeah. So some people use real estate agents for finding a rental, which is a great idea if you don't have a lot of time to do the research or if you're not really familiar with an area or if you're moving to a new city, mm-hmm. go with a real estate agent. They can 100%. help you out. 100%. Yeah, I, if I weren't actually from Toronto or had spent a lot of time in Toronto, I would have ended up in some pretty awful probably spots and some Same. undesirable areas. So if you're just not familiar <laughs> Definitely get someone who knows what the fuck they're doing and knows the city that you're moving to. But for Kaylin and I, Zillow and Rentals.ca is basically our porn. So we (laughs) just both did all of the legwork for our own rentals. And then we met with the listing agents for the viewings that we did end up kind of booking on our own. When you are buying a home, you you really should get a good real estate agent. Like it's it's not a casual endeavor. So try to find someone that really understands you and that understands your needs makes time for you like you should you are their client and you should be a big priority for them I I lucked out with an agent who really understood me and every time I was with him it felt like therapy like we would have deep life chats like he understood who I was and what home ownership meant to me and he understood that I had just felt like this nomad between homes because I moved like eight times in eight years and I just felt unstable and he was just like this means a lot to you and we need to do this right and gave me a lot of time and energy and just was invested and that's key like you you needed someone that would be a good fit for you that wasn't going to yeah. pressure you that was going to understand what you wanted and I feel like there's ones that understand certain areas in a big city like Toronto you can get like a Leslieville yeah. real estate agent or yeah. like I don't know Yorkville whatever yes. area you like so. and you have people that do like very very upper end high scale yep only and like if that's what you can afford you should get those you people go Glencoe I go. actually got an agent that specializes specifically in hard and soft lofts which was really helpful because he wasn't showing me like a cookie cutter new build in downtown Cork. Right. like he was only showing me cool interesting lofts in like the super east or west end which really, really helped go. so you can get pretty specific with your team You'll also need a lawyer for closing any home purchases too. So get some good recommendations and shop around for some good legal rates and budget for that cost. Make sure you make sure you account for that. Yeah. And if you're buying, you're also going to want to connect with a really good mortgage broker or banking representative to get you pre-approved and set up for financing. So do some homework. Don't mm-hmm. just take the first rate that you're offered. Yes, you definitely. Can you can get save competitive a lot of money. and you yeah. can take rates to others and like show them and see if they can better their offer so I did that and last but definitely not least enlist the help of a trusted friend or family member for the process I bought my place like very much on my own like I it was it was just me and my new friend Andrew the real estate agent and like (laughs) no one saw my place before I got it nobody weighed in I was super like yeah wow it was it was a bit scary independent woman over here there was just no one to help really at that time and fair yeah but it was pretty overwhelming like I had a full breakdown in a bank when I signed like the check for the deposit (laughs) because I was like is this what I'm gonna do I don't know like it's that's scary scary. and I did get some help when I did get all the legal documents uh, from a trusted person in my life, sent everything over, and they really, really, really helped me understand everything. I think without them, I would have just not been able to handle it. But overall, it's so much better to just do it with someone that you care about, that cares about you, Yeah. Uh, even if they don't live with you. I was obsessed with sending Kaylin listings when she was looking because I was just so excited for her to move into like an amazing home. It's a big deal. It's hard to do on your own, and you should have help. You were a huge help. I'm pretty sure you found this place. It's true. And now we're neighbors. We're literally 10 minutes away. Yeah, I had no skin in the game of sending you this place. <laughs> oh, no, no, me neither. When Gabe was like, what neighborhood? I'm like, Leslieville. <laughs> well, glad I did it. Glad I did <laughs> Here it. We are. No regrets. 
I'm going to dive into the process for buying a home right now and everything you need to know about that. And then Kaylin's going to chat a bit about her experiences with renting. Mm-hmm. So as we all know, the market has been hot as fuck because of the high demand, low supply, super low interest rates. And realistically, everyone's just been stuck at home, saving more money than usual and looking at the same four walls being like, hmm. <laughs> Let's uh, let's do an upgrade. So they want to buy their dream space. But it is something that you really need to be certain that you're ready to do. It is not a casual thing to jump into. And it's something you want to do a lot of research on. You really want to be solid on your priorities and what you're looking for. And I knew I was ready, honestly, because as I mentioned before, I just felt really aimless and just chaotic and all over the place and I lived in a bunch of different rentals in Toronto every year I'd move to a new place so after four years of renting and just hearing more and more that now's the time to get into the housing market I was like man rent in a Toronto one bedroom that's for four years that's about a hundred thousand dollars spent on rent that is a massive down payment that I just had to throw away and I was lucky enough to like have the means to try to get into the to the housing market so I'm really glad that I got in when I did and if I could do anything over I would get in earlier yeah that's the biggest con about renting you're not building equity so your money just isn't working for you you are essentially throwing it out. I mean, you're putting a roof over your head, but... It's an essential. Like, it's an absolute necessity. Like, there's no other option if you either are going to buy or rent or, like, mooch off someone and live with them. But, like, that... But when you add it up over the course of multiple years, it's it's a down payment. Yeah. Yeah. When I realized that, I was shook. And being able to build that equity off of your home, like, when I'm now looking at comparable, because I'm just still obsessed always with looking for the next place, I look at comparable places in my neighborhood, and I'm like oh my god this is wild like I will make money I will be able to sell and I will make money and I'm pretty solid on like how much it will be so I'm really glad that I was able to do that and I'm very lucky I saved like a motherfucker for a while Mm -hmm. I was super cheap and I just tried to live below my means and really build up enough savings and I was fortunate enough to have help through savings that I had invested and just left untouched for ages from inheritance but even still I did buy less house than I potentially could have because I just didn't want to be house poor struggling to meet my mortgage payments I was still you know kind of like fresh in my career figuring out what to do next and I think that's really really important just because you can stretch yourself to buy an insanely nice dream place and then carry a huge mortgage just because it's like plausible at the bank doesn't mean that you should because it's going to be stressful so just be smart with the loan that you're taking out and make sure that you are not screwing yourself or make sure that you're not going to be in a position where after your five-year fixed mortgage rate changes where you are now not able to afford it so that's a big one I as Kaylin said ended up buying into Leslieville and I searched tirelessly to get the right place based on my priorities and my needs which were anything but cookie cutter like I just wanted a unique interesting place with enough room for me and my kittens, mm-hmm. a big kitchen because I love to cook, an outdoor space was really important to me and that paid dividends during COVID. And I mean, I shit the bed on getting natural light. I live in a cave, but that's fine. And the neighborhood <laughs> was so important to me and I, I just feel for the first time in my life, I live in a neighborhood that I love. And I have my spot. Beautiful. I, it's so man. you. I remember when I came over, I was like, for the first time, our very first friend date, I was like, oh my God. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was so beautiful. And I just loved it. You've you've made it a home. Like that's your home. First time I've ever fluffed a pillow was that time <laughs> you came over. I mean, wanted you to like me. We all know I shaved my legs for you. So. <laughs> 
But you're right. Scoping out the neighborhood is key. We said that before. I love Leslieville too. I'm so glad we moved here, but I did not do research on my specific street and the intersection that we're at because we found our place during the pandemic and everything was was quiet and closed and totally fine. But now that everything's open, we live right across the street from a strip of bars and a streetcar stop and like do some research because it, it, it is loud. That's the only downside. Yeah. And yeah. your location matters so much in terms of where you work, where you want to work, like if you're near the transit system, if you don't yes. have a car, that's hugely important. Where are your friends? And like down the road, I think for me, it will be less of a priority to be like in a thriving neighborhood when I'm having a family and I'm mm-hmm. just like a bit more in a stay-at-home space. I could I could move farther away and get a bigger place. But right now, I need to be close to my friends and yeah. coffee shops and the, the bars that bustle. I like. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, if you are thinking about buying right now, know that fixed and variable interest rates are below 2%, which is really low. That's basically a percentage less than when I got my mortgage. And at that time, it was considered pretty good. A good deal, yeah. Yeah, so you'll definitely want to lock in that fixed rate for as long as you can uh, while it's low if you're buying right now. And then check out a mortgage affordability calculator to figure out what you can afford Mm. based on the average interest rate or the interest rate that a certain bank or broker is providing, your payment frequency, the amortization, which is the amount of time that you're going to be paying into that loan. And that will really help you narrow down your search of what you can afford and where you should be looking. And this is something I really hadn't considered till this past year that I've started to realize. If you ever do have extra cash you got a sweet bonus grandma gave you some extra money at christmas (laughs) whatever it is if you actually just have some extra funds look into how you can pay off your mortgage faster because i never thought about Hmm. that before and then i realized like i could just go buy something or i could stop paying interest on my loan and pay it off faster it will be outlined whether you're allowed to do like an extra 15 percent lump sum payment a year or you can top up every single month so it's not as big a sum all at once there will be deals that you can do to pay it off quicker which when you actually calculate how one lump sum a year of extra can help you lose less money over that 25 sure, the year period of it. it's really impressive that's the first year i've ever looked into this and i i put money aside into an account to to finally pay off more and i'm pumped that's adulting you get a star you get a gold star <laughs> yes <laughs> thanks dude good for you thanks man Another important thing you should know is to get approved for a mortgage, you'll also have to pass a mortgage stress test in Canada, which basically checks to make sure that you can afford your mortgage payments if interest rates do rise, which they will. So now you have to qualify for paying a mortgage with up to 5.25% of an interest rate, even if you're scoring like a 2 or 3% mortgage rate with your bank or broker right now. So you have to prove an extra like 2 or 3% that you can carry. That's a biggie because it actually might mean that you can't afford as much as you as you expected, as you thought you could when you apply the stress test. The last thing I want to touch on are all of the hidden costs that you should know, all of the purchase costs, because nobody told me that shit. I did not realize. And so if you yes. think like, I can afford a $500,000 place and this is how much I can put on my down payment, this is how much mortgage I need, it will probably be closer to... by the time all is said and done. And that extra 50 or Mm -hmm. 30 or whatever those costs are can be a really big deal. That can, maybe you now you can only get a $450,000 place once you apply that. So some of those costs are, as I said, property taxes, which they're significant. Common expenses are maintenance fees. So you're now paying into the building maintenance, which can be, you know, if you're in a pretty low maintenance building like mine, it's like 
whatever, 600. But if you've got a huge place with a pool and a gym, it could be up to a thousand. So home insurance, uh, I think there's renter's insurance also. Mm -hmm. Do you pay renter's insurance? Yeah. 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 So that would be similar. Title insurance. So they do this weird title search for insurance when you first buy the place. That's a one-time fee. Legal fees. You should be assuming a few thousand dollars to pay off the lawyer to close the deal. And then regular utilities, which might be the same as what you're paying when you're renting, like electricity. But there's also usually True. some added ones that were being taken care of by your landlord. And the biggest, most unexpected for me was the land transfer tax, which I was shook. It felt like a shit ton. <laughs> oh, so no. in Ontario, look it up based on where you live. I mean, if you're not even in Canada, I don't know if this applies to you, but... In Ontario specifically, the land transfer tax is about 1.5% for provincial land transfer taxes. That basically means you're buying a new home. If it's $600,000, you're paying like $8,500 in Ontario land transfer taxes. If you're in the GTA, which is Greater Toronto Area specifically, it's actually double that because then you also pay a municipal land transfer tax. On top of the yeah. Ontario land transfer So it's like... If it was a $600,000 home, you're paying like $16,000 in land transfer taxes. Oh my gosh. I could see how that would stress. That's a lot of unexpected money. That's insane. When you've already put so much down. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. If you are though a first time home buyer, you get a major rebate. So in terms of the provincial tax, it's like half. So you will save a lot the first time. But next time I buy a home, I will Mm -hmm. not be so lucky. Not fun. And... And yeah, once you've found the place of your dreams or the closest thing you can afford to it, you will place an offer. And if that offer is accepted, which just know that it can get pretty competitive, you, I didn't know this either at the time, but you will have to pay a real estate deposit right off of the bat um, with your sale agreement. Like you'll basically show up, sign everything, and you will have a check of, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, depending on what the price of the place was. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So it could be 30,000, 50,000, 20,000, whatever. Uh, And that provides security to the seller in good faith because then you don't pay the rest of that cost until you're closing. Right. So like my closing time turnaround was whatever. Let's say it was 60 days. So you're paying the 30,000 right off the bat and then you're paying the huge, huge amount when you close. You get the keys. You sign the final documents. Right. And speaking of documents, last thing I'll say is read all of the documentation it fucking sucks yeah I hated it nothing irks me more than trying to read legal jargon like (laughs) I cannot deal with it it puts me in the pissiest mood but I read every single legal piece every single term anything that could matter you you really really should read it all because that's going to inform whether you can Airbnb your place or not. That's like legally bound to like the terms and the agreements of your building. Right. What you're allowed to do on your balcony or patio, whether it's smoking or non-smoking, what the process is if you want to make renovations. There'll be a lot of things specific to your building that you should read everything before you sign off. That is a hot tip, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. No, that is key. That's good, man. Lots of learnings. Lots of learnings. You only kind of know when you're in it. Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully this can help some people when Agreed. they're Agreed. getting and ready to buy. There's still a lot to know about renting too, though. There is. I think for, for me, I think the biggest pro about renting and what I've loved about it is the flexibility. Mm-hmm. So you can move cities. You can move locations within a city. You can get a bigger place, a smaller place based on your financial situation. You just have some, some freedom. You're not tied down with one asset. 
But for Gabe and I, I mean, our goals were just to save as much as possible so we could have that freedom to move anywhere or buy our dream home later on. And we're not handy. We're not good fixer uppers. <laughs> and I, we, we definitely need to buy something within our means, but we are going to wait and save longer so we can get that, that dream, dream home. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. If Gabe could like drywall, maybe we would do it. But I know, I just know. <laughs> yeah. You're not flipping like, houses do anytime taxes, soon. But he like cannot do a wall. So that's okay. We will teach uh, me how to handle it. Yeah. woman. There we go. So starting off, if you are looking to rent, I think it's really important to make a list of all of your requirements. So we yeah. kind of touched on this before too. Like, do you want a place that's close to your work, close to transit, a highway, grocery store, a park mm. for your dog? number of rooms amenities having that information is going to help you narrow down your search your walk score walk score is key yes so one of the biggest things i never realized about renting though and i know you have experience with this too is that everything is negotiable i thought you could only negotiate a house that you were buying but you could you can actually negotiate the price of your rent or your move-in date or how long you want to sign a lease for like these these are all things that you can use as leverage with your landlord so don't just take that asking price at face value and you you negotiated cash up front with your last place or yeah i there was like a bit of a even the rental market has bidding wars but i know you experienced that as well which is crazy and so the I've I've lived in my place now for four years. Wow, time is wild. But before the place before that, there was a few other contenders, and we were getting references, and I could just tell they were trying to decide who to give it to. And I really, really wanted this rental, so I negotiated uh, a certain number of months upfront in cash, and yeah. that just put me over the edge. It's like I'm paying the exact same as the other people would be, but I'm guaranteeing it right on now. time and right now. Yeah, and that that tipped it over the edge. So there's a lot of different ways that you can negotiate what you want. Totally. Another thing you can try to negotiate is if they won't budge on the price, maybe you can try to get like one month free or yeah. a couple weeks free and that'll, for you, lower your monthly costs yeah. technically. Because they don't want to devalue the square, like the worth of the square footage yeah. because that will set them back for future sales totally. and everything. So it's so smart to be like, okay, what about first and last month's rent free? Just in. And that's what we did. It worked very well for us. That was very impressive. Whoop, whoop. And then another big thing is getting your paperwork in order. So if this is your first time renting and you're like fresh out of school, you're probably going to need a guarantor who's going to probably be your mom and dad, as it was for all of us. (laughs) And then if you're doing it on your own, your landlord's likely going to need some sort of letter of employment, which you can get from your boss or HR Um, references potentially that will just vouch that you're a normal, responsible human being. Rental insurance, which get it. Like if they don't ask for it, still get it because floods happen, fires happen. You don't want to be responsible for paying for that. Yeah. And then sometimes you have to pay in post-dated checks. So if you are live in 2021 and don't have a checkbook, that's perfectly reasonable, but you got to go get one. And then another thing, they may check your credit score. Mm -hmm. So having a solid credit score is, is key. They've checked mine before. It's yeah, you, it's scary. Pay your bills. Pay your bills, guys. It's scary. And then another thing, you want to make sure you do your research on any hidden costs because that can happen renting too, just as it can for buying a home. So for example, if you're moving into a multi-level unit, you want to ask if the utilities are shared or if they're tracked separately. Smart. Because you don't want to have to like run down to the neighbor downstairs who's blasting AC all friggin' summer long and tell them to turn it off, oh, you know? Oh, wow. Because you're that paying be for that. I'd be like, I need cold oh, me too. Me I'm too. sweaty Betty. <laughs> wow. And then my other last tip would be not to judge a book by its cover because we we wanted to move out of our condo because we got a dog and it was COVID and it was just too much. And we, we wanted a house. We yeah. were like 
dead set on moving into a house. It's the biggest glow up I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> Thanks, no, literally. Babe. Like, this place is insane. But if you look at it from the outside, it looks like I live in, like, a crack den. Like, it's really bad. It's sketch. It's sketch. Come on. You're right. You would have dismissed it if, if I you did. Hadn't. I wanted to walk away, and yeah. it was like we're already here. Or no, the the real estate agent opened the door, and I was like, ooh, the front, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, hello. So we went in, and we love it. So think outside the box, because like I said, we were dead set on wanting a home, but we ended up renting the upper floor of a business, and it's perfect. Yeah. They're quiet. We're quiet, except for my dog that runs down the hallway at full speed, but it works out. Yeah, that's smart too. If you're not finding what you're looking for in conventional ways, like big condo buildings yeah. and obviously houses are outside of a lot of our reach then yeah look above businesses that's it's such perfect. a smart idea wow that's a lot this has been a lot of yeah. information but <laughs> honestly we wish that we'd had this guide when we were starting off renting and buying totally and searching and I mean I feel like Kaylin and I are both the type of people that are always looking for our next one so yeah. even yeah. reviewing this all is helping me because I mean maybe tomorrow I'll find my dream home there we go <laughs> So there you have it, friends. We hope this episode helps you in your search for the perfect rental or for your perfect first home. This is our first foray diving into this topic of homeownership. So please do DM us, slide into your emails, whatever the kids are doing these days, (laughs) and just let us know if you want to hear more about this topic, any questions that have been left unanswered, anything you want to know about homeownership. And we're going to get an expert in to answer all of your cues on a future episode. But for now, we hope this helps. Happy house hunting, friends. You got this. So there you have it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard today, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a comment or a rating. And we'd love it if you would share this with your friends by screenshotting the episode and sharing it on social by tagging at Teach Me How to Adult Podcast and DM us with any topics or guests you'd like to hear on the show. See you next time. Bye. Bye.